ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Ah, another lovely Sunday afternoon, our post-Thanksgiving special, not-so-special show that we have going on this week. Uh, we're working with a skeleton crew because everyone's still, I don't know, dead or passed out from Black Friday. Food, food comas. Food comas are trampled to death getting a TV on sale. <laughs> Which, <laughs> there you go. Whichever you prefer. No, I'm not making light of that because I know that actually does happen every year, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's myself this week and I'm joined with Matt from Massive Beer Reviews sitting with me. You. And uh, we have some beers. We're gonna, what we figured this week we'll kind of go through because, you know, Thanksgiving happens and then post-Thanksgiving we have a fridge full of leftovers that we're always trying to figure out fun new things to do with, whether you're making those sandwiches where you just kind of throw everything possible on the top of it. The best kind of sandwiches, man. <laughs> the train wreck delicious sandwich, we'll call it. And uh, But, you know, figure go through some of the beers that can kind of match well with Thanksgiving. Since, you know, as far as Thanksgiving dinner is over, but the Thanksgiving holiday remains in our fridges for a few days. After. It's apropos. It's like people have birthday weeks now. It's like yeah. Thanksgiving's like Thanksgiving a week, you know? Yeah. And there's just leftovers and pie. All the but, pie. you know, if, if it's going to be a holiday, it's going to last long. I don't mind that one because, you know what, you're not buying more stuff. Yeah, you, you, it's all the leftover that you're enjoying and consuming, and it's food. It's a win-win for everybody, really. Food is awesome. <laughs> but before we get into anything, I figured cover some news. Uh, one of the things this week, which is a little bizarre, I guess, in, in a way, considering everything else that we have usually to report that's going on in the beer world here. Uh, there was an announcement this week. I'm not if, if you're not familiar, there's a brewery called Pretty Things Beer and Ale Project. They're from Somerville, Massachusetts. Kind of a gypsy brewery for their, their most of their lifespan. Uh, but they announced this week that they are actually going to be closing their doors. Uh, I think goes into effect January. January 2016, uh, they really have not come out and said any reasoning behind it. They just said a time has come to, you know, basically walk on down that road. It was a um, it was a, a husband wife venture, correct? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a dynamic that's weird in itself when it comes to you know having for something that long. But I mean, it's been around for a while. And they're really respected, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on the road. Yeah. Why? That's because that'll happen. come out, and it, it was very. <clears throat> Vague, and then the only thing that they kind of made a comment was they have a the beer that kind of really got them known was Jack Dior. Um, that was the one that really put them on the map, and then they continue to build from that. But they had a thing that said, uh, He'll be coming with us. So that's why I'm like interested, like, where, where's, where are you going? And that's going to be the interesting thing because that's what I'm wondering is if, if that's what happened, is if where they offered, because they, they did start to pull back. Like, if you had paid attention to the brewery, um, even in our area, they were pretty widely available for quite some time. Then they just they pulled out of the state, basically. Yeah, it's a bizarre thing in, in the fact that a lot of these breweries try to make hay, like all these small breweries try to get a name and, and be out there where they've been around long enough and they've been well respected. You figured, mm -hmm. okay, they'd be entrenched enough to where they'd be okay with um, staying relevant, I guess you would say. So to pull back, I mean, I'm sure they have their reasons, yeah. but uh, I cracked a uh, 2010 baby tree in her honor Ooh. that night. So. Oh, that's good. Oh, they have. They actually, the one thing that they did that was cool, too, was uh, there's a blog from the UK called <laughs> Shut Up About Barkley Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it basically, the, the guy kind of goes through taking a look at some historical brewing records and comes up with the recipes for these beers and Pretty Things collaborated with them. I, I 
think it was on at least two beers, but I know there was one definite, and I think they I believe they did some more, where they basically went and recreated these hundreds of years old recipes from old brew logs from back in the day with everything. So it was a really cool thing, and they were really respected in the industry, did a lot of great beers, and were very adventurous with everything. So we'll see where that one winds up, but it was just an interesting thing with everything else that's going on. That's not the one thing we've talked about in here, I think, ever. Anybody closing their doors in that manner. Yeah, small, small brewery recession is not the thing. That's, yeah. Everything's <laughs> blowing up, to, so to see, you know, first thing you'd think they'd be bought out, but um, yeah. Now, one of the other things that uh, was kind of funny, and there's a lot of other stuff with it that maybe we'll get into. We'll see where this conversation goes now we talk about it. But Goose Island uh, sent out a letter this week to Georgia uh, basically saying, sorry, uh, we sent you Bourbon County Stout, and uh, we need that back because <laughs> we're not supposed to send that to you because it's one of those fun Georgia laws that they weren't allowed. And it was weird because they, they were sent the stout uh, and it's 14.3% ABV. The cutoff in Georgia is 14.0. So it's just one of those bizarre laws. And, and you see every year when some of these big beers come out, uh, the people complaining about what states they can't get it in and all that stuff. But they basically just sent them a letter saying, hey, can you uh, can you give it back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, for those that don't know, I mean, Bourbon County sales or whether KBS sales, Backwoods sales, whatever you want to say, is if they sell a lot of Goose Island products or whatever brewery it is, they pretty much get allocated you know what I mean? That amount from the brewery. So it's probably just an automated process. Hey, yeah. all these breweries, uh, you know, sold all this uh, Bourbon County or uh, Goose Island stuff, sent them this beer, and then they went, oops. Yeah. And then said, oh, we got to have that. We also, it's, it's also an interesting thing because you do have to pay attention to it because even on this, I think that they're allowed to keep... Was it the the coffee variant? I believe was because they do variants of Bourbon County stuff. I'm not familiar. I'm, I'm talking like everybody knows, but they do variants, and uh, the coffee I believe comes in at 13.8. So that's allowed to be there, but the other ones can't because that crosses over the threshold. It, it's just a weird. Why? Why did 13.8? Because of coffee in it? Is it some I, kind of? I, I don't. It just uh, it, this this year our batches fell in two specific ranges: 13.8 and 14.3. So, but I believe what they're saying is they're allowed to keep the coffee. Oh, I variant, you, I the coffee you. version of Bourbon County stuff because that falls below. So it's like that's one of the things some people don't really think of when you have some of these big beers. They don't always come. You know, we're used to our smaller beers. It's like, all right, 5.3, 4.8, always stamped on there. It's not changing. The bigger ones, if you pay attention year by year with some of these beers, they vary like two, three percentage points in ABV either way. Yeah, even last year, Goose Island or Barley went had two different AV, ABVs. They had two different batches, like a 12.7 and a 13.3. So yeah. even the same beer can be varying in, as far as uh, yeah. alcohol content. And then you got to pay attention to what each state has. And it's just, it's a whole convoluted process that adds another layer to the craziness that goes on with all this. But it was just an interesting thing. And, you know, people every year now still go crazy for Bourbon County Stout. And it's funny because the rest of the year they complain about <laughs> big breweries, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But as soon as Bourbon County comes out, they jump right in line and ignore everything else that happened. <laughs> so I don't know. But that's that's a whole other <laughs> rant we can go off on. Uh, so I want to get a couple of the new beers that are coming out. Uh, McKellar has their Beer Geek breakfast, uh, their Beer Geek stout that everybody loves, their breakfast stout. They actually are doing now, they have six variants of it available now, and they're actually doing a blend of all six into one that's going to be released uh, the next month, I believe it's coming out. So that'll be interesting because they do some really cool ones, including the, and I'm probably going to butcher the, the Kopi Luwak. 
So he's saying, yeah, okay, I know, well, I, I, I'm not going to attempt yeah, to say it, but I know you're talking about Make me look like an idiot. <laughs> it, that's the, uh, if you're not familiar, that is the coffee that is pooped out by a lemur uh, and is one of the most expensive coffees in the world. Uh, they actually took that and put it into their stout. So they're going to be doing a blend of all these different things. So it'd be really cool to see how that one turns out because it's interesting. And speaking of the coffee thing, uh, Victory announced this week they're releasing their Java Cask, uh, 14% ABV coffee stout aged in bourbon barrels. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. That, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to off the top of my head, trying to remember any um, barrel aged like big beers from Victory. I don't. They they really don't do a lot. Uh, I'm sure they've had one offs. I don't know how but, many have left the brewery. Yeah, that's yeah. and this seems like it's going to be like a release that you're going to be able to find in your shelves, yeah. stuff like that. So it'll be super interesting. And then uh, another one, Stone has their Stochasticity Project. And this is an interesting one because they came out, uh, they're doing it. From what I've read, it, it's basically a gluten-free one, uh, but it's called it's called Grainiac. Now, that was not the original choice for the beer. The original choice for the beer was Colon Blow. <laughs> oh, man. And, I can see, uh, see Phil Hartman right now. Yeah, they were completely denied that one. So it's funny, too, if you go and look this up, the, the labeling, it actually, you can see where it says Colon Blow underneath and Grainiac, just like a cheap sticker slap over the front nice. of it. So, uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. That's going to be coming out. Uh, I believe it's hitting shelves around now. You'll start to see that one. And then uh, Wicked Weed made the announcement. You know, we've had them on here before, and we have one of their beers we're talking Drink about. right now. Uh, they have their Milk and Cookies Imperial Milk Stout is heading to bottles. So that is in sound phenomenal in time for the holidays. So hopefully we can get some of that on the show a try for on our holiday season showcase. So we get into that. But right now, from Wicked Weed, uh, we have their Montmoretto which is a wild ale from them. Now, they've, they're known for, when we had them on the show, we predominantly talked about all their sour beers, but they have some really good IPAs and a few other offerings as well. But this is a 6.9% uh, wild ale, ale slash sour beer, if you're more familiar. Uh, it's a barrel-aged American sour with cherries and almonds. So that's the interesting thing is to kind of throw that in to get those flavors coming out. So they're going for that amaretto character uh, just to kind of have that come through. But it's really smooth. What I was thinking with this one, you know, especially with Thanksgiving, there's a ton of fatty foods. And that's what uh, that's what we love. Fatties love our fatty food. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> so it, this is a really good beer to cut right through that kind of fat with the acidity. Oh, uh, yeah. And I mean, this beer, I mean, it's definitely leaning a little bit Flemish on the kind of like acidity side. But you get those nice cherries. You get that little bit. It's like the almond almonds you think is like a malt character. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's not uh, overly acidic. Like, this is definitely an approachable sour beer. Uh, you know, we had Rare Barrel on last week, and that was one of the things we really talked about with them was just how approachable their sour beers were. And that is definitely a character coming through in this. Like, this is one that you could sit down and have if you've never had a sour beer, and you're still able to get those flavors. Like, you're going to get some of those cherries coming through. And it is nice, like, having that little backing of, like, an almond coming through, like that little slice light, nutty flavor. Nothing's overpowering in this, but it's just like a really nice balance, and it's just an interesting idea to throw that in, because that's not typically uh, a flavor you'd really throw into a lot of beers, especially a sour one, throwing almonds in, but it just kind of gives it this really round quality, I guess is the best way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, like last week we had on Rare Barrel, like those beers to me were like awesome in their own right as a beer you're drinking right now. Not that I wouldn't want to drink them with food. The second I drank this, I wanted to eat food yeah. with this. 
This definitely has all those qualities. And that's what's like, like when, when you're thinking of uh, food pairing with Thanksgiving dinner, like there's a lot of different things at play because just look at the table on Thanksgiving. You have so many things going <laughs> yeah. on that it, it's not the easiest thing to go like, oh, I'm just going to have, I'm going to put this one thing on my plate and have that one beer with that <laughs> one thing. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work like You want to talk about, you know, just pissing off your whole family being that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're already walking in and being like, well, I can't have dairy. I can't have gluten. I can't. Like, <laughs> and we all have those family members. But, uh, you know, you don't want to walk in and be like, well, I brought this beer for this and this beer for that. And then, like, then you're just, <laughs> no. no one's going to, no one's going to want to sit near you. Maybe you're fine with that. Maybe that's the plan. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe the, you want to sit alone. <laughs> that could be the whole plan. Um, but no, th- this has a nice quality to, to really cut through. Like it'd be good with turkey. Any of the things that have a lot of fat in it, even we're getting into stuffing and all that stuff, it, it really does work across the range of everything that you're going to have. And that's what's, that's what's good with it. That's what you want when you're going to sit down and start doing some of these pairings um, is to find stuff that has, if, if you're not sitting down to have a, a one course with one beer type dinner, you, you want to have something you can find that, that is a little bit more of a workhorse with it. You don't want to have something that just is one dimensional and you're going to have it be destroyed by something else on the plate or any, anything like that going on. Because that's, that's the important thing when you're doing these food pairings is that they each are working well with one another. Nothing's dominating. Like, that is the, the point of a good food pairing. Yeah. This is, uh, for me, this is all dark meat. This is all... My mom used to make these um these onions with these mushrooms, and then she used to, like, make... I don't know how she made it, but it was delicious. And Like a green this, bean casserole thing? No, like, it was just onions and mushrooms mixed. It was like oh. a wild mushroom thing done with, like, with um, like a fresh onion and all this stuff, and this is just... Uh, I want I want some of that right now. <laughs> well, let's get them going on that one. But uh, no, that was that's the only thing that's kind of a bummer is we don't have food with us. Uh, but we're gonna go get some because uh, our good friend Gene Philbin got the food truck down at Sabatini's and. We're going to be swinging by there after this. Let's let you know that one because this food. Yeah, he started at 11 and he should go for quite a while. Yeah, he'll be going. So if you want to get some good food, I would highly recommend getting down there because we all love Gene and we all absolutely adore Gene's food. So that's going to be a, a definite stop today. But uh, for right now, we're, we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll work through a couple more of these beers. So uh, stay tuned here. The Beer Geeks, WILK. Dining, entertainment, adventure. Get it all at half price or more at GetMyPerks.com. You'll save money with great deals from all your favorite restaurants, golf courses, family fun centers, even half price tickets to local events. Stay in the know and sign up for the Get My Perks text club. Simply text PERKS to 99404 and you'll receive alerts about the latest deals right at your fingertips. Plus, be sure to check out GetMyPerks.com each day for the next premium perk of the day. Message and data rates may apply. It's time for shopping, shopping, and more shopping. But don't go to the mall or browse the boutiques. Get to Dixon City Hyundai for the 72-hour after Thanksgiving blowout. Now through Monday, with every new or pre-owned purchase, get a $500 Visa gift card. Plus, make no payment till next year at Dixon City Hyundai. Lease a 2016 Hyundai Elantra SE for only $119 per month. Or a 2015 Hyundai Sonata SE, lease for only $139 per month. The all-new redesigned 2016 Hyundai Tucson, $199 per month. Save up to $7,000. And zero down delivers on all-new 2015 Hyundais. And with Dixon City Hyundai's quick loan approval, we will get you approved in less than 20 minutes for most people. All new cars come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And get a $500 Visa gift card with every new or pre-owned vehicle purchase. Now through Monday only at Dixon. Dixon. Dixon City Hyundai. 81 to exit 191A. Just past the Viewmont Mall on the left. Call 1-800-HYUNDAI. All leases 36 months, 12,000 miles per year, 1999. Do it signing. Tax and tax extra. All rebates to dealer. You can check out all the details at DixonCityHyundai.com. Built for business. 
Comcast Business is offering 25 megabits per second internet from $69.95 a month. That means if you're still using slow DSL from the phone company, you have a decision to make. Do you switch to Comcast Business and get more speed for faster downloads or stick with slow DSL and watch your business stutter from slow speeds? Do you get internet that stays fast when other people are online or keep using slow DSL and have your employees struggle with lag time? The choice is yours. Switch to Comcast Business and get 25 megabits per second of fast, reliable internet from just $69.95 a month or stick with slow DSL and get slower speeds and more downtime at work. Make the smarter choice. Ditch slow DSL and switch today. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 12-31-15. Restrictions apply. Two-year contract and subscription to Comcast Business Voice and Business TV required. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. Wyoming Valley Motors. Making good deals. Making good friends. Winter weather will be here before you know it. Don't you want the peace of mind of owning a certified pre-owned Subaru? You'll find what you need at Wyoming Valley Subaru. Wyoming Valley Subaru has plenty to choose from, all at the best prices and with rates as low as 0.99% credit for up to 36 months with approved credit. Plus, at Wyoming Valley Subaru, you get a 7-year, 100,000-mile powertrain plan, factory-backed coverage, a 152-point safety inspection, and 24-7 roadside assistance. Get into a reliable, affordable Subaru today. Stop by and take a test drive at Wyoming Valley Subaru, 560 Pierce Street, Kingston. Check out their pre-owned inventory online at wyomingvalleysubaru.com. That's wyomingvalleysubaru.com. creepy yeah it's more sexy you know depends on what you're doing right now i guess how you're gonna take that song well i'm sitting in a room with you buddy so oh it's, it's sexy then that's what you're <laughs> so uh we just cracked open another bottle from smutty nose this is a new release from them now we had them on we had uh some of their smut labs beers which is it's really taken off onto itself and they had like when we were talking uh on the show like they open up a separate facility now that's just doing their smut labs it, it was basically their side project like what they were doing with it and now it's really taken off and they're putting a lot more out and you can see all the beers are coming out of that one now yeah it was really cool it was like they, they basically opened a whole new facility and then they tried to rent out right they tried to rent out their old one and they couldn't so after a while they said screw it let's just start messing with yeah. other beers and that's how they own uh created the smut lab kind of series splinter brewery and i actually enjoy a lot of the beers that come out yeah of that. They, they do some really cool ones and it's neat too like I'm, i just went to their site now just to kind of see uh some of the releases and they basically have all of next year planned out for their smut labs releases like you can kind of go through and see what they have going on and it's really cool that they, they just really put a lot of effort into and do some really unique things that are different one of the other ones that uh, just came out too from them was a smoked peach short vice so a berliner style wheat ale with peaches and Beechwood smoked malt. Well, they did um, the blueberry short waist, which I yeah. loved. Uh, they mm-hmm. did a cherry one. I'm sure they've done others, but um, there's a couple. I mean, actually, one of my, um, I guess you would say, the Walesboro kind of beers um, out there is they made a, they made Gravitation, yeah. which is their Belgian that- quad brewed with raisins. They yes. made an apple brandy barrel version of it that I want so much in my life. I can't, uh, I can't express. One of the other ones that was fun too when we had on, we had the Granite State Destroyer, which was their imperial. <laughs> it was, it was a forty ounce beer basically. It was yeah. their corn lager. <laughs> 
But it was awesome. It was so good. It just kind of takes you back. It's like, oh, man, could have been classy in those days of uh, Edward Forty Hands and all that nonsense <laughs> we used to do. But uh, anyway, <laughs> won't go down that road because that's too painful. No. But uh, what we have now in front of us is their, their chestnut saison. So what they did with this, it was just as they said, they did, there's roasted chestnuts with some spices. And that's what we're trying to figure out. I was trying to get an idea of some of the spices that, that were in this one to see. But it, it definitely falls right in line with a really good hearty meal. It's 8.7%. So this is not a, you know, quote unquote, traditional uh, sessionable saison. This is definitely a really beefed up version on it. Yeah. Think of if a saison kind of... Um had a baby with a wheat wine somewhere in the middle of those. Two. I just That's love kind of hearing <laughs> if this beer had a baby with this beer. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> what makes sense in my brain, um, which means it doesn't make sense to anybody else's. But um, no, yeah, it makes kind of sense. The, it's just a, a funny image. Yeah, so it's it, it's it's somewhere between the two. It's definitely not a season. It's not like a wheat wine, but it works is what it is. Yeah. It's it's a little bit. It's very um, impactful for what it is with the spices, which like you said, we're having a hard time placing exactly what the spices are in there, but. Um, the chestnuts there. Yeah, it definitely gives the, the, this creamy quality. I, I was saying to Matt before we came on, like I remember, I, I you know, you always hear about those those chestnuts roasting on the open fire. And, but, you know, most of us have never done that unless, you know, we were on Leave it to Beaver or one of those. I don't know. But, uh, you know, if we, <laughs> if we didn't have that super wholesome, like, hey, everybody, everything's all right. Growing up, you know, my three sons, we didn't really roast chestnuts that much. Um, but I remember being in Switzerland and actually seeing that and having it the first time. It was just so, it, it really goes in line with this time of year like that. When you really experience that flavor of it, it, it's just so creamy when you have a real roasted chestnut. And that comes out in spades in this and it gives this beer a different dimension than most saisons. Like we, there's a bunch of imperial saisons that are out there. Like we, we've all had those before, but this has a different quality to it, a different mouthfeel that they don't have. I, I really think it comes through from that quality of that. It's not even like oily. Like you'd almost imagine like you know like an oil coming through from a pan. It doesn't have an oiliness to it. It's it's just really creamy. To me, it's like a, it's like you get the typical saison um, funkiness. It's not like generic, just kind of funkiness. But then you get a nice and like. The chestnuts have this weird kind of dirty earthiness to it or something like that that kind of confuses the two for me. And then you have the typical belt and spiciness. It just, it's fun. Yeah, it's definitely, and this would be a great one to have with, with any of those like hearty meals. And, you know, depending on what you're, what you do for your Thanksgiving, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say this would go well with a, a tofurkey, but. <laughs> to me, this would be the uh, waiting for dinner to come beer that like in yeah. between the first and second course kind of thing where you're sipping on it. This just, would be a good lead into yeah. like that main course if you're having, you know, even if you're having a turducken, I would say this would be good with that. You, this would be listen, really good. Any, listen, anything's good with a turducken. <laughs> I mean, come on. Any man. kind of meat stuffed inside another meat, I'm, inside another meat. We're good for Thanksgiving. You had me at meat. <laughs> I, I have to say, I've never experienced a turducken before. Neither have I. Yeah, it's just like the idea of it is, uh, is and I love that the plays on it, people have been doing, they've been shoving that inside other stuff now. It's like, I don't know how, it's when, like, it's when does like it get the, too meta? It's like the inception of food, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> At some point, it's just going to swallow us yeah. all whole. <laughs> Are we inside the turducken or is the turducken inside of us? Oh, that's, we know. 
I, we can ponder on that one for the next half hour for the show. No one, <laughs> no one, <laughs> <listens>. zero listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it, it just this really has a lot of those qualities. It's nice. It's a definitely a, a saison. It has that Belgian quality to it, but it's more meaty and it kind of really would go because I wouldn't think to me a saison would not go well with you know really roasted meats or things like that. Like it doesn't have that quality because it's usually a little spritzier, lighter, and I think it would kind of clash in a little bit depending on the what you know how the meat was prepared but uh with this i can really see it going something really hearty which i would not say with a normal saison and i think it's one with the spices and then with the, the chestnuts going on but it's also just like a really solid malt backbone for the saison yeah and what basically we're, we're trying to say the short of it is that saison by title only yeah, yeah. there you go there you go all right so <laughs> That the next one we're gonna have now this this one has a you know a couple caveats with it now one um, Terrapin didn't release this this year this is uh, from my my basement uh, this is from last year's release uh, now Terrapin does some really incredible wax sealed bottles that I I absolutely adore um, you know their French toast wake and bake their cinnamon rolled wake and bake their muhu cappuccino they just came out with their tiramisu, tiramisu. yeah. They're also fun to say, too. and uh, But th- this is from last year. This is their uh, Imperial Pumpkin Pie Porter. Because I was going through, I'm like, you know what? You can't, you almost kind of can't, no matter, you know, where you fall on the pumpkin beer spectrum. Pumpkin beers are, are really good with Thanksgiving things. Because it, it, even more so when you're thinking about, you know, a lot of us put hand-in-hand pumpkin beers with thing, with Halloween and all that kind of season because we start to see it so early. And that's kind of the first uh, ring to grab onto as far as celebrating the fall. So people tend to lump pumpkin beers in with that. And it actually is much, much better with a lot of Thanksgiving things. And this is an imperial uh, porter. It's 9.2%. As I said, this was released last year. This is last year's variant. It's been kind of resting in the basement. You can tell that it's been sitting for a little bit because the spices have fallen up, except for what seems to be like clove, maybe. Yeah. Um, or nutmeg. A little bit of those, but I mean, it's still pretty damn nice. It's like it's super creamy. You get a little bit of cinnamon still too. That's kind of yeah. there. It's like the spices are kind of whirling around a little bit, but it's definitely it, like I I love the terrapin. Like whenever they do these big ones, especially when they're they're playing with stouts and porters, like those, oh, they just do such a good job. Like French toast, wake and bake, still they definitely their mouth mouthfeel game is on point. Yeah. I mean they. Typically, when uh, if I'm going to have a terrapin beer, usually the mouthfeel is always perfect. Uh, sometimes I'm lover. I don't hate the beers, but love them or eh, some of their beers. But the mouthfeel is awesome, and they're bigger ones like this, wax top, wax top ones. Especially, we just did. Were you there when we did the tiramisu ooh, the other day? No, it was it was. It was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, especially, and the thing that's great too with all these Terrapin beers, even the big ones, they're super approachable by, by anybody because they, they have enough balance that, like, you know, you're getting a lot of those flavors. Like, they have their, their cinnamon roll wake and bake, for example. Like, their, their wake and bake imperial stout, if you're unfamiliar with it, is uh, an imperial oatmeal stout with coffee added. And it, it's not overly bitter. It's just kind of very nicely balanced. And what they do is they had, last year they did their uh, French toast wake and bake, which was they added cinnamon and maple syrup. 
And this year they had their cinnamon rolled wake and bake, which it has cinnamon in it and it gets this kind of creamy. I don't think they put lactose in it, but it has this creamy quality. It's almost like icing, like how they're, if you've had their muhu stout, which is a really good uh, milk stout, but it has all those really wonderful qualities. It's just, it tastes like you would have this with brunch. Like yeah, just having to add an extra level to yeah. the to that to bring out that kind of, like you said, icing, that m- mixture between the cinnamon roll, the old school cinnamon rolls. Yeah, and it's just, it's so... Delicious with all their stuff. And that's what's again. They're they're good to sit down for a little bit too. Like like this one, we said like the, you know the spices have kind of changed a little bit with everything that's been going on in it. But I mean, it's been sitting for a year. Um, you know, it's been in the fridge, but it, it's just like that's what's going to happen as you age some of these beers. It is going to change them out a little bit and be interesting later on. We're ending the show with a beer I've had for two and a half years about, and um, but it just it showcases the the flavor portfolio or profile for these beers as things go with it because. When you get some of these beers, especially the pumpkin beers, this one I, I know because I had it fresh. It, it wasn't super assertive, but like some of them can be just off-puttingly assertive, and that's like what we said when we had the show was that's the number one deterrent for a lot of people for that style. And that's the one thing about like aged beers too. A lot of people go into it and either one they don't know anything about it, so they assume that it's a big no-no across the board, or two assume age is going to make everything better. Yeah. Um, and just because a beer has changed doesn't mean necessarily it's better, and doesn't mean necessarily it's bad. I mean, some stuff can change and and be fun. You know what I mean? Sometimes oxidation can even be fun in a beer. And so it's like you know to have this beer fresh and then age one four years later. And let's say it's 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 kind of fallen off in a way. It's mm-hmm. still fun to kind of see how a beer travels through time. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting thing. We had um, uh, Patrick Dawson on. We did that book, Vintage Beer. That was probably about a year ago or so. We had him. On. I've been trying to get him back on. We're going to sort that one out too because that's an interesting topic that we really didn't get to dive into with him at that point. But just going through the process of aging and what goes on. And in, in the book, if you're interested in it, I highly recommend picking up the book. It's called Vintage Beer. Uh, and it really walks you step-by-step step through how to age beer properly, what you're looking for. And he actually took some popular beers that people age out, like um, Brooklyn's Black uh, Chocolate Stout, things like that. They're readily available, not super rare ones. And did a graph on the flavors over the years as it went and basically showed you on a bar graph uh, where it drops off. Like you yeah. can see how long, because like that's what's interesting with the beers is, you know, just because you have it, it's like, oh, this is from 1978. Like, well, that's great. It yeah. tastes like crap. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's the issue with it. Is like just because it's super old doesn't mean it's super good. Even with with wines or anything, like we have that uh, misnomer, I guess, in our brain about, oh, well, it's got age. It must make it better. No, <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah, there's there's no like steadfast rule when it comes out of stuff because the first rule that comes to mind is don't age. You know, IPAs or double IPAs yeah. or triple IPAs, but then you take like a Devil Dancer, you take like 120, and they're one of the better ageable beers you can possibly get. But then there's beers you would think would age really well, like an Imperial Porter or something like that. Sometimes they don't age really well, so it's 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 fun to figure this stuff out. It's yeah. not just even like getting it right the first time and figuring it out, like reading a book and figuring it out. Do it on yourself. Just age some stuff on your own, throw some in the yeah. corner, and have fun with it. Well, and the most interesting thing too is if you're doing that um, and you really are, are serious about it, and say you have two, three bottles of each year. And you're, you're aging them out and you start doing side by sides. You can actually see bottle to bottle in the same year how that changes. Like that'll mm-hmm. happen. Like things will happen whether, you know, maybe there's like a little leak in the, the cap, but I mean, it could also just be bottle to bottle. Like there'll be this range 
of flavors that go on, which you don't even think of, especially with beer, because it, it really has only been the last couple of years that people have taken it to this level of uh, obsessiveness, I guess we'll say. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it typically was reserved for wine. But now to see that in beer and the flavors that can develop as you age some of these things out, but it's not as simple as just like taking a bottle, throw it on a shelf and wait there's a little more variance to go on with it. It's similar to aging wine. I mean, you really have to take a lot of those types of things into consideration, but it's, it's an interesting game to kind of get into and have fun with. And it's not super expensive. I mean, like, yeah, you can get into, you know, if you're going to go out and get Bourbon County Stout, uh, that's a great one to age, but do you really want to do that kind of legwork right now? Well, that's the thing. I mean, with with aging beers, my viewpoint has always been like um, basic beers, non-barrel aged beers, bottle conditioned beers are always the best to age, and usually you can pick them up pretty cheap, and it's what makes those beers expensive is time. So if you yeah. go to a bar, you know, uh, for example, our beer we're going to have on later, it's not super expensive nor super cheap, but a 10-year-old version of that would be quite expensive. But yeah. So it's something you can pick up a four-pack of, and which is what I typically tell people to do when they talk about aging beers. Get a four-pack of a beer, take one, throw it aside. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And anything you buy that you think is ageable, buy a four-pack, throw one aside, forget about it. Yeah, that's know? the best thing to do with any of these. Like black chocolate stouts, one I love to do just like every year, just kind of throw one aside. And then just, you know, after a couple of years, you can just try them all. And that's one of the cheaper Brooklyn beers you can buy. Yeah. I think you locally you can get those for 8 to $9 a four-pack. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's a beer that five years down the road, someone's going to be like, oh my God, you get a five-year-old mm-hmm. Brooklyn chocolate, you know? So, it's it's just something fun to do. Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a really, especially now around the holidays, too. Um, like, I was actually just doing some writing today for everything. That's one of the things I was saying in, in the article I mentioned about getting some beers to age is like one of the best kind of gifts. Like, and, and it's something that even, because this is the issue, I'll, I'll put that out there for anyone that maybe trying to buy for a beer lover, you kind of get intimidated sometimes if you don't really know as much and you're worried about getting something that they might scoff at. And, you know, let's be honest, there are some complete jerks out there that do that. And it's like, instead of just being like, oh, thank you, I really appreciate it. It's like, Like, no, they they got you something and they actually know that you like this. So just, you know, don't be a jerk. I keep Mm. wanting to say all their stuff. Um, but it, it, there's just so much with it. But if you're getting into some of these bigger beers, like if you got, and they're not they're not hard to find either, like a black chocolate stout or some of these Trappist beers or things like that. If if you're looking for like a big ABV type beer, uh, especially if you're going into a stout, like those are the best things you can get because they're gonna love it. And, and like especially if you even if you want to be really sneaky and you know do a, a present bomb for them. Buy some now that are, and just set them somewhere they don't know for a yeah. couple of years and then give them to them. Yeah, sandbag oh, the crap out yeah, of them. Yeah, that's they that. would. That yeah. would be the, one of the best, like, just kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, just time plant your, your gift for them for the next couple of years and just set it somewhere they're never going to be and then give it to them and they'll be like, where did you, this is five years old. Like, they will, they'll love you. Yeah. And that, that, that's not expensive to do. Someone did that for me. I'd cry like a baby. So look at that. You want to make Matt cry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's more ways than that. <laughs> well, you know, let's get, uh, I have a giveaway this week, and I was trying to think of putting something together, because I figured, you know what, let's give thanks to everybody that listens, because if it wasn't for you, we would we would still be here, but it would just, it would be a little weird yeah. after a while. Um, but uh, I put together a nice little prize package this week, like a, a, a pretty good one. So, I mean, this is either if you are a beer lover and you want to hang on to this for yourself, or you have a beer lover you want to <laughs> give some gifts to, here you go, they're free. Yeah. Uh, but there's shirts, uh 
coasters. You get a Sam Adams bucket. I'm trying to look over there. I have uh, stuff from uh, Ska Brewing. Comic books from Ska, which is yeah. really cool. Uh, Firestone Walker hat. A bunch of stuff that we've had culminating over the year and everything. So I figured give this away for everybody. So let's do uh, let's do caller three. Make it quick and easy. Uh, so caller number three now. You're going to win this awesome prize package from us. 570-883-0098. 570-883-0098. Caller number three, you'll win an awesome prize package full of beery, beery goodness. And uh, you can keep it for yourself or give it to someone else. Or just do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> but that's for you. Call number three, five seven zero eight eight three zero zero nine eight. But we'll be back here in the Beer Geeks, WYLK. Yo, what's up, Q? What you listening to? Man, just jamming out to my favorite radio station in town with the next radio app. Your favorite station in town? Like streaming it on your phone? Nah, dude. Real FM radio on my phone with the next radio app. No streaming, which means I ain't using up my data. Check this. It's got this live guide that shows me what's playing live on the radio right now. Plus, if there's a song I really liked, I can check out the history and get the title without having to open up another app to find out what the last song I heard was. Yo, my dude, that's Dope. I need to get up on this. Yeah, man, you need to get with it. You need to download the Next Radio app for your Android smartphone at Google Play. Haha, <laughs> you know it. Download the Next Radio app and listen to your favorite local FM station right on your phone. The live guide feature lets you see what's playing, purchase music, search the history, and see what's played. Next Radio, local FM on your Android phone. Download it from Google Play. Next Radio, radio you can see and hear. Colbert and Grievous, your experienced local choice for elder life. They're a great team of elder care attorneys. They are just super at everything they do. They're so compassionate and understanding. No matter how many questions I had, they were there to answer them and help me with my situation. It made me feel so comfortable. Colbert and Grievous, certified elder law attorneys. Call 570-299-7909 or visit elderlawnepa.com. Believe it or not, winter is right around the corner. So come check out the jackets, sweaters, and long-sleeve shirts available at one of the Salvation Army's seven local thrift stores. Some clothes still have the tags on. So call 1-800-SA-TRUCK or visit satruck.org to schedule a pickup. Or better yet, bring your slightly used donations. Get a tax receipt, then check out the great fall bargains. The Salvation Army, serving the most people, meeting the most needs, doing the most good, right here in NEPA. Too many people are suffering with hearing loss because they don't want to wear a hearing aid. That's understandable. Wearing a hearing aid can make you look a lot older than you actually are. That's why we've created ListenClear, a revolutionary hearing breakthrough precisely designed to fit your ear almost invisibly. And right now, you can try ListenClear absolutely free just by calling 1-800-700-1242. We'll even give you free shipping and free batteries for life. Listen Clear adjusts to let you find the perfect way to hear everything, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Best of all, Listen Clear is so invisible, people may not even know you're wearing it. And it's so lightweight, you may even forget you're wearing it too. Experience the amazing Listen Clear difference by calling for your 100% free home trial with free shipping and free batteries for life. For free information, call now, 1-800-700-1242. That's 1-800-700-1242. 1-800-700-1242. This is WILK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet in Tunkhannock, PA. Stop by Sherwood to view full lines of Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet.
but some more beers here in the Beer Geeks WILK. Uh, we are now getting into, now this is one of the best groupings of any beer styles, especially for anything holiday related, like I'll go beyond Thanksgiving. This is just great for any holiday food pairings uh, is when you get into the Belgian beers. Especially when you get into a little bit of the bigger boys. Uh, like right now we have a quad, a Belgian quad from Avery Brewing. We have the Reverend, which is a 10% ABV quadruple. Uh, it's just like a really nice, easy drinking. It, it, it's definitely the thing that's scariest with when you get into the quads is how drinkable they are for the most yes. part. Because if you are familiar with any of the, the beer styles that are coming out of Belgium, you have a, a double or a double or a triple or a tripel or a quad or a quadruple. Uh, it, it really is that that's how the range goes too. like the, the double is the smallest and you get in the triple and then you get into quadruple and, and you're going from a double is much more in line with a quadruple than a triple is. Uh, it's just a, a dark Belgian red. It, it's got this uh, dark fruit character to a dark red fruit. Then you get in the triple, which is much livelier, fruity, uh, kind of getting in the ABV range around maybe 9%, 8 to 9%. And then when you get into the quadruples, you're getting back into that dark red fruit, but even more beefed up, and you're getting around 10% or above when you get into that range. So there's a lot more going on in this. But that's the thing that's scary with them, though, is that they, they drink like a double for the most part. Yeah. If I they're mean, done right, I should say. It's And, and, and this is a, a, the Reverend from Avery. Um, it's very hard in my eyes for a lot of American breweries to get um, Belgian beers yeah. right. Avery knows what they're doing. They definitely get this right. I like this little bit of age on it, um, as I do most quads, but this one specifically. But, I mean, it's just, it is a catch-all for eating for me. Like, if I go to a place and I want to eat food, regardless of what's going on, we're talking about kind of like a one-size-fits-all kind of beer, for me, it would be a Belgian. Whether it be a triple or a double, depending on what I'm eating, or a quad, it just, you can go from, you know, the beginning from salads to cheeses to meats to, you know, actual desserts. It just kind of works it for me yeah, throughout it, the whole thing. It, it has something for everything to offer to it. And it doesn't, it's definitely not, like as I said, it's, it's 10% ABV or, ABV or above. Uh, it's not going to be overpowered by many dishes that you're going to put with it. Or if you just don't want to eat at all, you could just have another triple because it's kind of <laughs> like dinner yeah. in a glass anyway. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> and uh, it'll, it'll catch up to you. But this is, it's cool because uh, Avery has... Now we're gonna bring get Adam on Avery from the from the brewery at some point. It's one I've been trying to work out, but they have uh, the Holy Trinity of ales, and this is part of that, which is a really cool series that they do. But they have like this range of beers, and as we said, like you know, there's, it's the one thing that's tough for a lot of American breweries to really not get good, but get really nailed down. There's a lot of breweries that do a lot of Belgian things that are they're okay and they're respectable. They're not awful. Um, but it, it's a tough take because there's so much rich tradition with these Belgian breweries, and that's a whole other you know topic of things that they get into. Because they, I mean, you want to talk about a country that takes their beer seriously uh, before any of this crap that you know we young Americans have, have brought out. They they've been doing this forever. I mean, like you go to a, a Belgian bar, you order whatever beer that is, they only will serve it in that glass from that brewery, and that is it. Period. <laughs> so I mean, that's taking it seriously. And quad is like, quad is all like American IPAs and that the, the flavor profiles can vary hugely between each breweries where you have like, you know, a typical Trappist quad where you get a lot of super breadiness with a lot of like deep, dark red fruits to where if you get like a um, an anchor like their Gudenkarlus, 
the Noel or their Guggen van Kaiser, you get a lot of anise, you get a lot of licorice, and you get a lot of chocolate and things like that. So you can kind of vary back and forth yeah. within the style with a lot of different flavors. So it's a catch-all, <clears throat> very catch-all beer. And it also is like a popular style that many of the, the breweries, because that's the other, around Christmas and everything, the, the breweries over in Belgium love getting involved in that. And like they, yeah. you will see... Especially now that once the Thanksgiving is over, you really start to see them all hit the shelves. But that that's a style that a lot of those kind of fall into that they like to really experiment with is within the quadruples and, and some of them get into the doubles and things like that. But that's the style they love to experiment with as being their Christmas ale. And they will have, there's a ton of them that are out there that are just absolutely phenomenal. And it's also, you know, a beer style that for a while, it's funny, you know, I'm just thinking about this now, uh, the West E12, which if you're not familiar, there's a, a Trappist Breweries, which we'll get into with our next beer, uh, West Verletten. Now they have a, brewery, a beer called the, the 12, which we'll get into with the numbers and stuff too. Um, but that's their quadruple. For a long time, that was like, you did not go to any beer involved thing that people weren't drooling at their mouths trying to get a hold of. And it seems like you've seen that kind of fall away now in light of these American whales. Well, it's it's twofold with that because there is a West Vedelin, West Vedelin, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, because there's 19 different ways and I've never been there, so I don't know what the real one is. Anyway, um, <laughs> the um, they uh, I would say, I think it was in the late 90s or early 2000s, they actually like doubled or tripled their production. So even though it's still harder to get, yeah. you have to get it from breweries, you actually can procure it, especially if you go through like mail order, through um, like Belgian beer shop or something like that, you can actually get Get it. So there's a little less, and they did do yeah. releases of it in the United States in, uh, yeah, in six two, packs yeah, a couple years ago or something like that. Yeah. yeah, like two or three years ago, and then they did it again, I believe. So that has took a little shine off the luster of getting it, but it's still a fantastic oh, yeah, it beer. Is. And if you can get it, it's one of those things like there's a lot of beers that there's a ton of hype around, and it's kind of, it kind of, you know, poo poos over the beer itself because when you go into something and someone's telling you, like, your whole life's going to change after you have this, well, it, what is ever going to live up to that? It's kind of like, you know, someone telling you to go see a movie. It's the best thing you'll ever see. Yeah. Like, it's probably not. <laughs> and yeah, it's, uh, it's probably pretty damn good. Though. Yeah, it's probably good, but but the, the West E12 is one that you, when you have that, it is, like, really good. Uh, there's a lot to it. And it's because it's a quad. Like, that's the important thing. Like, some of these beers that people go after, the double IPAs and everything, and they're able to hunt them down. Well, they're not fresh, and it's going to start to change over time, whereas you're getting into this at the West E12, it's a quad, it gets better. Yeah. For, for, for the first couple of years, like it starts to get really good. So, I mean, you have almost like a three-year gap of when that was released to when you could procure it that it's still safe, or as an IPA or a double IPA, yeah. you have like three months. Yeah, and, and they've always had that kind of going for them where it's, it's, it's definitely something that has grown with age to the point where if I go to a bar to order uh, like a Trappist beer or a Belgian beer and I get it, the first thing I look for is a date and I yeah. get so giddy because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, it's five years old. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so much, and that's what's great about this style is that this is a perfect one to have to age because that's, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll go on the hunt and try to track down some of these beers and we'll get them and then it's like, oh, all right, well, I, I do still have to function so I can't really go at all of these and these, these are ones that are great to kind of sit on the side for a little while and get to when you get to them because they'll start to develop in the bottle in and of themselves because there's just still active yeasts and things going on that the flavor will just continue to develop with them. And it's great, especially in, in most of these Belgian beers. Like that's how they are. They'll bottle condition them for the fact that they, they want to be able to continue to develop as it leaves the brewery. Yeah, they... Um, 
I don't even know what to say. I just love Belgian beer so much. It's my thing. And we're talking about, like, uh, I came through in through the Belgian doors, so, like, um, like doubles and quads and the whole nine, that's my favorite kind of beer. Mm -hmm. So when we get into stuff like this, like, I just talk for days about not just, I love them fresh, I love them aged. Across the board it is my favorite. And there's so many different styles within them. So it's just a... I'm happy right now. That's yeah, no, there's there's so much within this, which is a really cool thing. And when you're getting into, like, that, the Belgian beer category is basically where you're getting into, I, I hate to compare because it, it sounds so stupid, but it's like you, when you're kind of getting into, like, the wine world, like, that's a whole new level when you're getting into Belgian beers. There's so much more care and then thought. Not that American breweries don't care, but yeah. there's just so much more rich tradition and kind of pomp and circumstance in the best way possible in a lot of these breweries because there's such a rich tradition that, you know, some of these breweries have been around longer than we've been a country. Yeah. So, I mean, really, <laughs> what, what do we have to say to them? And then when you get into the Trappist breweries and, like, that's all they focus on, which is a whole thing of beauty, which, you know, when you get to the next beer, I want to get into that a little bit. But there's just so much tradition with them. It's it's a ve- And it's also a very big... Um it's a new frontier for a lot of people kind of to explore when you're talking about Belgian beers like a lot of people that listen to the show and are into beer came through the hop door came yeah. through the American hop door um, so when you talk to people about beer they talk about hops and how they get um, you know flavor from hops and yada 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 Belgian beer is yeast driven that's where you're getting your flavor of course malt too but the hops are really there for utilitarian purposes most of the time so you're talking about these beers where you can get all these amazing flavors just from the um, just from the uh, yeast. It's something new for a lot of people to explore because they've never. A lot of people haven't experienced a lot of Belgian beers in their yep. life. They just American. So if you never had them, start exploring them. Start with your singles and your triples and work up from there. Yeah, we're, don't don't uh, jump in too <laughs> deep because there's a lot to. Especially when you're getting in some of these Belgian ones that that get really big, like the the one we're gonna be having now. There's so much complexities going on. Not that you won't. I, don't, I hate to sound snobbish because that's the way some of it I feel it comes across. Because I've heard these people sitting in a bar and you just kind of like, just shut your mouth. <laughs> but there, there's a lot of nuances when these bigger beers that you're you're just not going to be able to appreciate. Like you 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 love the beer, but you won't be able to fully appreciate all these subtle things if you go big too quick. Yes, kind of thing. Like you, if you start your way out and get the smaller ones, like starting out with the double, like you'll get some of that flavor uh, and get an understanding of it and build your way up to it and that's really the way it should be just not not because like oh you don't understand like it no, I don't mean it that way in any any way, shape, or form. It's just you want to be able to fully experience it, and that's the best way to do it is just kind of build it up, especially if you haven't really gotten into the Belgian beers a lot. And the one we're having now, uh, this is from Trappist Roquefort. Uh, this is their Roquefort 10, which is a quad, 11.3% ABV. This has about two and a half years on it. And it's just like a phenomenal beer. It's a Trappist brewery. And if that's something you're not familiar with, uh, the Trappist breweries, there are, was. There's, uh, I believe they there's added, 12 now. There's what, actually, okay. we have one in the United States yeah, now in Massachusetts, in, uh, Massachusetts called yeah. Spencer. Um, then there's uh, the, the old school ones. There's uh, Rochefort, West Vedelin, um, a bunch of them, Schmay. Um, but then there's a couple of new ones. Stiff Engsel was a new one there out of Austria. And a couple more. But they, they have added a couple over the years. There's 11 now. Okay, 11. It's 11. That's why I wasn't sure because it's, it's been going. The past couple of years, there's been like three added. It's weird because there's like, there's two that don't actually make beer. There's trapper breweries that don't make beer. They still have their moniker. Anyway, regardless. Yeah, there, there, um, there's been a couple just from, the, it, it's so funny. If you, if you go on and to, to, to look, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's why I was always, I always think of there only being seven because there were only seven up until 2012. And then all of a sudden, four more came online. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is so bizarre because you have a gap 
1998 was the last one that was added in Belgium, and then 2012. Uh, and then previous to the 1998 one, the last one that was added was 1931. <laughs> <laughs> Which the really exciting thing about, about it is, like I said, there's actually one in the United States called Spencer Brewery out of Spencer, Massachusetts. And uh, they just be, got to the point where they can actually make more beer because what happens when you're Trappist Brewery, you when they when you get the okay to actually start making beers at Trappist Brewery, you get your Trappist stamp. You could only make that one beer for like two years. Yep, they limit you. So I believe it's two years. Um, and they just started pr- saying that they're going to be coming out their uh, winter seasonal, like their Noel beer. So they've reached that point where they can actually start producing because basically you have to pay your dues, you have to yeah. pay your whatever homage to whatever to where you can't make anything but your one beer. So I'm going to be really excited to give it a whirl because oh, yeah, their definitely. first beer, there's like a table beer. By table beers, just Belgian beers is what the monks drink when mm-hmm. they actually are at dinner and what whatnot. That was what Spencer originally produced. Really excited to see what their new stuff will offer. Well, and speaking of like the rich history, as I said about these, you know, some of these Belgian beers. Now we're having the Trappist Roquefort. Uh, now this brewery opened in 1595. So now it's a great year. Yeah, <laughs> I remember it fondly. But uh, no, th- this is a brewery that has been doing this for a long time and really have honed in knowing what they're doing. And it's interesting, too, when you get into these Trappist breweries and seeing what's going on, they only have three beers as brewery. They have a six, which is their double, an eight, which is a Belgian dark strong, and a 10, which is their quadruple. And so, I mean, you really have a limited thing. And what their whole, the whole basis of being a Trappist brewery, as big as some of these breweries are and as much as you see them everywhere, the the uh, monastery itself, they don't make a profit. They they make enough to subsist and they that's it. They they yeah. do enough to keep themselves going to be able to function, to be able to live. It, it's brewed by monks. And then that's the whole any thing. excess goes to like charities and yeah. whatnot. This is the king for me. Um, I've had like uh, every like 10 or 12 or quad or dark. Some of the kind of blur lines when yeah. it comes to some of their bigger beers. This is the leader in the pack. This is my favorite out of West Vidalin, St. Bernardus, Chimay, the whole night. This is my favorite by far. No, and I by far. Yeah, it, it's just there's so much in this one. That's why I was saying like, to, to fully appreciate it, it's good to get an understanding because you want to be able to have this and and take this all in because there's just so much with like these wonderful dark fruit characters like th- this is definitely one this is an end of the meal beer like to just sit and take it all in this is your dad sitting by the fire drinking a cognac just yeah. whip the cognac out for yep. this and then a nice cigar and just relax <laughs> and enjoy yourself yeah th- this is just the, the best way to kind of wrap everything up with all of this and just be able to sit down and, and have one of these and it's great when you get a little bit of age on it because it just rounds the flavor out a little bit more oh yeah it, it, it just smooths out. it's just an incredible beer and they, they go for I mean, I think when when you get it, the, the plummy toffee caramel goodness, baby. Yeah, when you, when you get the bottle, though, <laughs> I think they have it stamped to be Best Buy within six years. Five, I think. Is five, it five years or six? Is, is the atypical Trappist okay. catch-all number. You know what I mean? But so they're changing now. That's actually one of the cool things about Trappist breweries and Belgian breweries in general. General, you'd think they're so old school they stick with their morals. They're actually there's a lot. There's some Trappist breweries like a La Trappe has a huge, robust barrel aging program now. Um, St. Bernardus, they're not Trappist, but they are to me because they yeah. used to make used West in for yeah. years. Um, they do barrel aging programs. See, they're not just sitting around going, okay, we're just going to make our three beers and sit around. Hey, you know what? I want to throw that out. Uh, if if you are trying to find West E12 and you know what we were talking about, get St. Bernardus 12 if you never had it. Oh, yeah. I actually, like, not to, to rank stuff, even though that's what I do on the side. It's like, I go I go tr- uh, Rochefort 10, I go St. Uh, Bernardus 12. 
Yeah. Then I go Westie. That, that's just, actually, if you don't know, St. Bernardus used to brew West Verleden. From and, like the uh, 40s to the 60s or 70s. And it's basically or, the same exact recipe for Westie 12 it's, to St. Bernardus. It, it's, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's very similar. Yes. And, it's and as it, close as you're going to get without having it. Yeah. And if you can't, if you can't get your hands on Westie 12, if you had that, then you're, you're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Right because you way. actually go back and you, if you look at old, old, um, uh, West Vedelin bottles but when they had labels on them they actually are, are the um, St. Bernardus labels St. Bernardus 12 oh, okay. it's actually the yeah. the monk the blue monk holding child that used to be the labels on the West Vedelin bottles so. so there you go that, that's just another thing I want to throw that out there if you are on the hunt for whales and you haven't had it and you're like ah, I'm never going to get it well you want to try it that's a good substitute and, for and it and that you can pick up you can pick up anywhere. anywhere. You can go yeah. anywhere and grab them. And that's that actually one. the cool thing about a lot of big Belgians. You can pick them up any yeah. restaurant, whatever usually has them. And they're great with food. And that's what the whole show has been about. Just like what beers are great with food, especially your Thanksgiving leftovers. But these are great, especially getting into the holidays. Any of these are going to be great to have around. And they also make great gifts if you're getting into anything with anybody that, that's a beer lover in your life. Uh, you want to get into Trappist beers, give them to them. I'll never turn that away. I'd be nope. happy to get that one. So, I mean, there's just so much to it. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to get back into our whole brewery showcase. We have uh, Noda Brewing joining us, and we're going to be talking to their head brewer, Chad Henderson, getting into some really cool things. North Carolina Brewery, really super up and coming. Uh, North Carolina, right? Hop, hop drop, and roll, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I had some hop, <laughs> drop, and roll this week, and they they know what they're doing. I'll put it to you that way, and they have just some really killer things. Charlotte, that's where they're at. And um, just a lot of really great things. So doing that as we you know round the bend into the holiday season. So, But uh, for right now, We'll be back next week. We're going to enjoy the rest of these beers. And we'll be back next week to join you here on WILK with the Beer Geeks. Till then, cheers, everybody. Cheers.